Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Bless you. God bless you. Can we all stand together? In behalf of Bishop E. James Logan and Pastor Deborah, I am teaching tonight. Um, I always want to pray quickly here. Can we pray together quickly? Father God, we thank you for the word that you're about to release today. Allow this word, Lord God, to penetrate every heart, every mind, every soul that produces, Lord God, uh, blessings, restoration, guidance into their lives. So thank you, Lord God, for the word that you're about to uh, release today in this pulpit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. If you may open up your Bible in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. What a privilege for me to step in here today in the absence of bishop. But I think they do need the opportunity to just step away a little bit and get some rest. I learned that from him. I'm Bishop's, one of Bishop's spiritual son, uh, Pastor Anthony Harencio. Uh, I pastor in Round Lake of House of Restoration, CFFC. If you have the verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, I'm going to use the Amplified Version Classic. Um, the title of this message as we're going to proceed is Priority Produces opportunity. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 to 25, the Bible says, verse 23, let us cease and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. And he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. 24, let us consider and give attentive, conscious continuous care, watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds, the noble activities. 25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as it is a habit to some people, but admonish, warning, urging and encouraging one another to all the more faithfully as you see that day approaching. You may be sitting, we may be seated in the presence of God. I'm going to focus on the word neglecting today. Uh, as we know that the days are getting shorter and we know that the indicator of God's coming is pretty soon. So I'm going I'm, I'm to go focus on neglecting and also forsaking. The definition of forsaking, if you're taking notes, simply means to withdraw, to quit, to abandon, to refuse. And neglecting also means to disregard, to leave behind. You deal with all the responsibilities I use to have, to omit. There's a time that is happening right now, which is our time, that the Bible is commanding us not to forsake nor neglect the assembling together. 
uh, when the pandemic came, you know that there was a disconnect of us being in person um, because we were following the protocol. But I believe right now, God is speaking to us to disregard what we were thinking about the pandemic. Just remove the word neglect and begin to come back to church. Hmm. The proof text here, uh, uh, neglect, for neglect, is in James chapter 4, verse 17. And it indicates that neglect is actually a sin. James chapter 4, verse 17 tells us in New King James Version, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know it's good to be in the church. It is good to be in the church. There are some things that we can do in the church that is impossible to be done just viewing uh, the church from your screen or for online or however you want to view it on your phone. It's, there's a difference. Uh, trust me, I, I'm in a place right now where I do Zoom Bible study with our brothers and sisters uh, every other week, and I'm getting a, a Zoom fatigue. I just, I just can't. I, don't, I think I need new glasses just because my eyes are just staring at the screen all the time. It's difficult to connect to people when you're on Zoom. But when you're here in church and you get to see people, it's a different story. We are created to be able to touch, to look at people in the eye, because you get to see the genuineness of the person by looking at their, looking at their eyes. So going back to this, that to neglect is actually a sin. I'm going to prove it to you. There's two kinds of sin in, in, in its essence. The sin of omission and sin of commission. For us to be instructed and not do it is omission. It's a sin of omission. But for us to have a sin of commission, we're instructed not to do it, and we do the opposite. That's a sin of commission. Thou shalt not steal. You steal. Thou shalt not lie. We lie. That's sin of commission. I want to give an example of neglect. And actually, neglect is very dangerous. And we know some of us got children. If we neglect our children, it's criminal. Anything can happen. They can get hurt, die. I'm going to call my wife here. I don't know. I'm going to pay for this uh, <laughs> for sure. Yes, yes, I, I meant what I said. I'm sorry, I do this in, our, in, in, in House of Restoration. I just like illustration. My wife is special to me. She's always been valued. She valued herself. She dressed herself properly. Educated. Woman of God. My job is not to neglect her. My job is to protect her. But when I begin to neglect her, that means that I have lost my, my ability to put importance into her. She's no longer important to me if I neglect her. 
So in other words, when she calls me that she has a flat tire, I'm going to have to make excuses or ignore her calls. That's neglect. She needs me. When somebody is calling me on the phone, usually I say, like, okay, I got to hang out because it's my wife. I cannot neglect her. But if we neglect her and her needs, that means I am not doing my responsibility as the husband. Thank you, Pastor. I don't want to keep you too long. She got nervous coming up here. So coming to the house of God is showing that you value not only our fellowship, but the word in person. I'm going somewhere here. We prioritize what we value. Let me say that again. We prioritize the things or someone that we value. I believe COVID messed up our priorities. That we accepted neglect when it comes to the house of God. We used to come and prioritize. It's going to be 530. I need to make it to church. I know how the church should operate. I've been pastoring at least for 10 years. Learn from the best, our pastor. Thank God for him. There's things that the school can teach you or taught, but things has to be caught. And he's the one who set an example. Same thing online. You cannot catch some of the blessings that you can catch being in person. Your giftings cannot be easily received on the phone because it's only one way. But if you're using your gifting here in church, in person, then you're well received. I'm going to give another example. If Pastor Craig can go out, and, because I see you, Pastor, go out and begin to prophesy, begin to lay hands, begin to speak about God, but I have not seen you for three months. And you come back and use that gift. I was like, what happened, Pastor? Our gifting needs to be used first in the church, then outside. We can't use our gifting outside and then not use it here. Our priorities has to be reset again. The body of Christ are being neglected. The weapon of choice of the devil is temptation. Most of us know that. We know exactly what that means, what it feels like to be tempted. James chapter 1 verse 14, and I'm going to use LLT, NLT on this one. Temptation comes from their own desires, which entice us to drag us away. We have a desire as a flesh, our body. This flesh loves comfort. This flesh loves pleasure. Our flesh loves relaxation. 
Our flesh loves sin. So that's why we have to be careful if we are operating or we claim to operate in the spirit and manifest flesh, then you are lying. The fruit of the spirit is evident to you. There's nine of them. But this, this is how Jesus responded to the temptation. And we have to learn from, from, from the one that is teaching us, Jesus Christ himself. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 begins to tell us. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me stop there quickly. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means the Holy Spirit is guiding you. The Holy Spirit is the one leading you. And that's what the Bible tells us here. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. If the Spirit of God can lead Jesus to the wilderness, I believe Jesus and the Holy Spirit can lead us back to church. Just saying. I was very anxious to come back to church when they allow us to, when everything subsided a little bit. But my flesh said, you know what, it's really good to be at home. I, I, I can wear my suit on top and pajamas at the bottom. I was comfortable. When I'm done, just take off, you know, take the, the chaqueta off or the suit off and just go back to my old ways and eat. Comfortable, that's flesh. But I know the priority. My priority is to serve the people. If you're comfortable, you can't really serve. Service is giving, not taking. The Bible says here, let me go back here. The Spirit of the Lord took Jesus Christ into the wilderness. He is filled with the Spirit. He was led in the wilderness to be tempted. If Jesus was brought to be tempted in the wilderness, there has to be a reason. And it says in verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Jesus is not the only one get tempted. All of us do. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. See, the enemy will always try to trigger our desires in the flesh. Jesus decided to eat or want to eat. He was hungry. And that's exactly what the enemy wanted to trigger him with temptation. There's no food around here, Jesus. Why don't you turn this stone to bread? Can you imagine if Jesus turned stone to bread? That was a premature use of Jesus' anointing. And the anointing that Jesus has was never intended for himself. And even the scripture tells us that the anointing destroys yoke. So our anointing was not really meant for us. It was meant to for others. If anyone hears the body of Christ, we may have not make any excuse to stay online. 
You're probably wondering, why, why, are you, why are you pushing this online, Pastor? Because we need you back. We need your giftings. If there's anybody can make an excuse in, 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 in the world for not coming to church, it's me. And I'm going to explain why. According to my nephrologist, I don't know if you, everybody knew, I had a kidney failure. And four years ago, I just got my kidney transplant. Praise God, yes. And thank you for your prayers, because I am an answered prayer for those that have prayed for me. It's a miracle they got a kidney. But I'm not going to talk about the process of how I got the kidney, but I'm going to talk about the things that happened when I was in diocese and right now. Nephrologist told me I should avoid crowded places. How can I do that? I'm a pastor. Because your immune system is compromised. I say, you got to stay away from sick people. I need to lay hands on people. I can't stay away from sick people. I just, I just have to lay hands on them. So there's something has to happen. Either I quit being a pastor or I have to activate my faith to remain as a pastor. This goes with everybody here. We're all given different grace, different giftings. It so happened that the Lord appointed me to do this kind of giftings and operate my giftings this way. But I'm graced and covered by God, and so are you. If you are a son and daughter of God, we have to use our faith every time that we step into an environment like this. And not be afraid that we might get something. Can I be honest with you? You can be in the island and get sick and die. We're all going to die one day. But I want people to remember me. One day I will. But I want them to remember me that I was consistent and serving the Lord. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? We, I have done uh, a few eulogy for pandemic. People pass away, members and visitors alike, and I have to do a eulogy. It is difficult to do a eulogy for somebody that don't come to church. But I can remember somebody that I have to do eulogy. Man, I can do it again. That was probably the best eulogy I ever have done for the Lord. This man also suffered with kidney failure. And months prior, uh, before he passed away, that was last year, he said to me, Pastor, I'm going to get my kidney. I can feel it. I can get, I'm going to get my kidney. And we were praying together. We were praying. I said, I know God's good. If he did it to me, he did it to you. But God has other ways of healing people. He saved, loved the Lord. But in his eulogy, it was a different story. That was filled with people that are unbelievers, and there's a few of them that are, including me. But I can feel the presence of God. It was just, it flowed. 
to talk about Him. Because until the end, the last time I remember it was that Sunday before he went to the hospital. It was easier to talk about somebody that had a pattern that prioritized the Lord. Hmm. Verse 3 tells us, let's go back to the scripture. And the devil said to Jesus, to him, if you're son of, you're son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered and saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but at every word of God. At this hour, in this moment, Jesus portrayed and demonstrated his priorities. That the word is his priority. Every time he gets tempted, the priority that you need to say is the word. The word is always going to be our defense from every temptation. I'm tempted to stay home and not come back to church when the pandemic is a little bit slightly over. But again, I know the calling of God in my life. And you should also know the calling of God over your life. When the enemy tempts us, that should be already an indicator that he is already at war with us. That means we cannot take a nap or sleep because it can cost your life. I've never seen militaries here. How many are, are ex-military are still in service? You know if you are at war, you cannot just sleep whenever you want because the enemy can just sneak in and kill you and kill everybody else that's around you. So you always have to stay awake. Nap is not an option. We are at war right now with the principalities of this world to neglect for us to gather together and use our gift in the body of Christ can cause casualties among believers. Turn your Bible to Matthew 26, 40 to 41. This is Jesus speaking to or, or being documented on what's happening with his disciples. Matthew 26, 40, 41, it says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. They were at war. And said to Peter, Why could you not watch with me one hour? How long is the service, Pastor? How long is the service today? An hour, an hour, 15 minutes or so. Watch and pray, lest you enter into, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. People that are sleeping can miss a lot of things. I remember when I was a kid, I, I'm so tired, but we were on vacation, so I stay awake. 
so I can get to see everything that's around me. Because people that are awake, there's some things that you can catch and view that not, not those people that are sleeping. There's some things that you can catch here in the church that you will ever miss when you're at home. I know I understand that we need physical sleep. But the word sleep in the scripture metaphorically means spiritual dullness. Lack of watchfulness. Laziness. This is the spirit that we're dealing right now. We got comfortable at home. That is difficult for us to dress. And some of us working at home, and my wife works from home. And I understand the struggle sometimes. I said, oh, I gotta go somewhere. Then you have to dress because you're already home. After work, you just put away your laptop and click your TV, whatever it might be. But we're dealing right now with the spirit of laziness. That everything is okay. Don't do it. Just stay virtual. But it's time for us to wake up. The people of God needs to be awakened and cease from sleeping. To be awake is to cease from inactive behavior. Jesus commanded his disciples and says this, Can you be watchful and pray? Can you be watchful and pray? This is the hour that Jesus needed his disciples. But this is the moment that they fall asleep. But when Jesus was asleep, they were awake in the boat, dealing with the storm. But this is the time that Jesus said, once you pray with me, be watchful and pray. So in other words, we need to set our priorities back where it used to be. To watch, to stay awake. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walk about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may Devour. Brothers and sisters, I, 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 I walked so long. You have had a journey so long with the Lord just to be devoured. I don't think that's the end game that you will have as a believer. I'm going to tell you a story. I, I believe you, you need to hear this. As a servant of God, I have no choice. God can wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I have to wake up. I have to wake up and pray for someone because I'm a servant. I have no 9 o'clock. I said, Lord, I'm only from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, 9 to 8. After that, don't, don't bother me. But we are a servant of God. He can call us 4 o'clock in the morning. And because we love him and we are servants, we are owed to obey. When I was in dialysis, my wife 
can testify and, and know that this happened. There was a person that came in and doing dialysis. I was in and out of the hospital before I got my kidney transplant. And this is one of them. This man was hooking me up in the hospital as I'm ready to do dialysis. And I just began to talk to this person. That, that's just what I do. I just, sometimes too friendly, but, but this one, this moment, I just want to talk to him. I said, how you been? So he began to share some things with me. And for some reason, God always leads me to a place where he comes up. We always have to bring up God. It just, it just bubble up out of us. It just come out. God has to come out of us, out of our mouth, not only by just doing this, but it always comes out of us. God came out of my mouth. Little did I know that he also used to go to church. So I begin to ask, I say, so, so what's stopping you now? I said, we can see what's around us. And you see that, you know, Christ is coming back and he's returning with this marvelous church. I said, well, uh, Anthony, I work a lot. And Sundays too. And I told him, say, you know, you, you, can, you know, you can ask the Lord for day off on Sundays. I've seen multiple people in our church can get days off on Sundays simply because they prayed. Would God withhold a good thing from you? The answer is no. But for four hours, we had a conversation about God. Usually when I'm hooked up on dialysis, I will fall asleep. But I stayed awake. Because I know the priority that God gave in me, that I have to share him to this man. So at that moment, it was a supernatural move of God that made me stay awake. I usually fall asleep. But I believe I impacted this man. Because after our conversation, his demeanor changed. There's a desire for him to go back to church. There was a longing. So I used my gift outside to impact somebody. But something happened to me too. There was an opportunity that happened to me too. It stirred me up. Then when I come back to church, I'm able to say, like, man, I, I, let me tell you, we are really planters of the seed. And the rest, God had to deal with it. That's our job. We have to plant everywhere we go. Don't worry about how they look at you. Just do the opposite. Do the opposite. Another instance is that this lady, I don't know how we started the conversation, but I, of course I brought a guide, and she's a Muslim, practices Islam. But she has a question. I say, God, you, you, you know, you, you always put me in the hospital. The times that you put me in the hospital, there's always a reason why. I want to prioritize my time to be able to minister to the people, even though I'm here. Sometimes we have to imagine bad situation can always be good for us. It depending how you see it. So I took the bad situation that I have and begin to use it for good. That's why Romans chapter 12 tells us to always renew our mind and bring transformation in our mind and not conform to the world. The world will tell you, look at your condition and you still serve God? 
Look at my condition now. That's, that's, that's what matters. The breakthrough that God can do because I stayed faithful for him. This Muslim lady got many questions, stayed up four hours again. And usually I'd be falling asleep. But I gave him Jesus Christ, not as a prophet, but as a savior. I don't know where she's at right now. I pray that that seed produced an opportunity because I made my priority Christ in my life. I hope it produced salvation on that lady. I'm going to take long. I'm going to give a story in the Bible to reflect on how to prioritize God. We know the story of Noah. Most of us, even as children, Sunday school, they talk about Noah. But I'm going to talk about Noah in the simplest form. Noah was found a favor in the eyes of God because he knows how to prioritize God. While everybody's doing wickedness, he stayed back and stayed righteous. He walked with God. At his age, maybe 500 years old, 600 years old, God found this man righteous in his eyes and he walked with him. In the time that God saw the earth full of wickedness and corruption, the first person that he walked up to is Noah. Don't you, don't you want God to talk to us, especially now in the time of wickedness? But I believe God cannot speak to us if we do not prioritize God. We're going to have to reevaluate our, 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 our papers, our priorities. Is it football priority? Is it basketball priority? Facebook priority? What, what's your priority? School priority? My wife knows this. I used to work second shift at Abbott Laboratories a long time ago. And it so happened I worked second shift. So I, I wake up maybe about 10, 10.30 uh, in the morning because I stay overtime and, and I work until 2. I wanted to pray. That's my priority. But she wants to go out. So that produced an argument in our early on, <laughs> not only marriage, but early on walk with Christ. Well, you should be ready already, but you're not my priority. God, first, I need to pray. So I spent about an hour, an hour and a half, and she's like already frustrated because the kids are ready. Kids were small. They're fussing and mad. But I made it clear to my wife, I love you. But God first. Even the Bible tells us if you love your husband, wife, children, so forth and so forth, more than me, you're not worthy to be my, to be my disciple. We're in that time right now where things take our God's spot than him being on his spot. We have to dethrone, dethrone the things that are sitting where God's supposed to sit. That has to be our priority now. We have to look from our inside of our heart. 
and begin to protect it one more time. Above all, the heart is wicked. A heart is wicked. But I know there's a God that can sit in our heart and change our heart. God gave Noah an instruction. In Genesis, uh, Gen- let's read this. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all God's command, commanded him, so he did. In other words, God gave him a commandment. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm to destroy the earth. I, I want you to create a, a boat and, and instruct him about, about how to do it. That day, Noah's priority changed. He began to gather the materials. He began to put his family. Look, you're not going to plant right now. You're not going to do carpentry, pottery, whatever it might be. This is going to be our focus. Our focus right now, not only as a church, but to pray. Prioritize our prayer. Because if you connect it to the Lord, the Lord will tell you, we need you back in the house. Noah prioritized the boat or the ark. The Bible says 120 years he preached. Can I tell you this? God is not in our time. We are in God's time. That's why we need to learn how to prioritize. I remember my kids, when they were little... We have three services, sometimes four, in a week. And they were little. And what we did was, we take them, we take them little bags, snackies, dinner, whatever it might be, and they do the homework right there. Why? Because we prioritize the Lord. And guess what? What that result is, they're here right now in the house of God serving Him. They're of age to say, Dad, I don't want to go to church anymore. I want to go elsewhere than church. But sometimes they're the one who encouraged me to go to church. And I'm the pastor. I said, Dad, look at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. Dad, okay, okay, I'm coming. In other words, they are the result of what we prioritize. This is not about us only. Say it with me. This is about the kingdom. Bishop's been teaching about this. This is about the kingdom. I don't have a deep voice like Bishop, but I tried to. The end result of Noah and his family, they had an opportunity to walk into the ark. They helped build they're able to benefit from the, what they build. We all have to build the kingdom of God. His whole family helped to build the ark. We have to be patient. Ask the Lord, I say, Lord, I, I need more wisdom. How am I going to govern my time, manage my time? What do I need to let go in order for me to be able to prioritize you? What is it that causes us not to prioritize the things that need to be prioritized when it comes to God.
I'll just let you think that little bit. What is it that causes us to prioritize other things but God? Jesus prioritized in John chapter 4, you don't have to go there, this Samaritan lady. I said, I have, go, I have to go through Samaria. That's priority. Because he might miss the opportunity because this woman's going to get water from the well. Can I share a sad story? I know there's a lot of stories that I, but, but, but you got to know these are experiences that we have in order to be a testimony to others to do and what not to do as well. A long time ago, this man, my coworker, approached me and began to tell me, I said, Anthony, I'm not even a pastor then. I was, just, I, I was just radical for Jesus. Is there anybody radical here for Jesus? I'm not talking about crazy. Crazy don't understand what they're doing, but radical people understand exactly what they're doing. And it will cost their life for doing it. He noticed that I'm radical for Jesus. I'm still, I'm, I'm still radical for him. And he said, Anthony, my, my, my uncle is in the hospital. He has cancer. I don't know how, how, how much time that he has. So I want you to help me visit him. Can you t- introduce him to Jesus? I said, okay. But for some reason, I did not prioritize this man. And my wife remembered this, and I asked her, Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. So let's do groceries. You know, my flesh wants to eat. I prepared my notes, plan of salvation, whatever I need to do. And then I went next day to the hospital. And they told me, Mr. Horencio, the man that you're looking for died last night. Miss the opportunity simply because I did not know how to prioritize the things of God at that time. It was an opportunity for me to see that man in heaven. And I'm praying that there was a way that he had received Christ, but I was supposed to be the instrument of Christ for him to get saved. Do not postpone the things you can do now because you don't know how many people it will impact the things that you can do now and not leave it for tomorrow. So organize our priorities. And I'm glad that in the day of Pentecost, 120 of them stayed and prioritize for waiting on Jesus and waiting on the Holy Spirit. Can we all stand? We need to experience again the day of Pentecost where we are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask God, take a moment of our time,
to ask the Lord, Lord, fill us again. Lead us again. Show us your direction again. Reorganize our schedule again. Make my eyes open up again. Awaken me from a deep sleep if I'm sleeping. If I've acquired laziness in me, Father, extract that out of me and give me the power to overcome what I'm struggling to come back to the house of the Lord. Father, I'm praying for your people right now. It is your will and desire for them to prioritize you. Father, if there's anything, Lord God, that hinders them for not fulfilling, Lord God, the calling that you have for them, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind that spirit. We bind the spirit of laziness. We bind the spirit of distraction. We bind the spirit that causes them not to come back to Christ. We bind the spirit of fear. I heard God. There's a fear that's going on. Father, we thank you that you made us more than a conqueror. We will conquer this by faith. Help us confess today that you are our priority. God, you are our priority. You're higher than our education. You're higher than our work. You gave us work, so you're going to be our priority. Not the money, God. If you love the money right now, we denounce money, and we want to put you back where you're supposed to. You are our priority. We want to serve you faithfully. We want to be awakened from a sleep. Father, we thank you today. Do not allow the enemy to snatch this word out of your people's hearts and mind. And I thank you for allowing us to gather together tonight to understand that it is your desire for us to prioritize you as the time is approaching. As the days are coming near, oh, your blessed return. Thank you for the opportunity to receive your blessings. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Can we thank God in this house? Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.